Thank you for listening to We Have Ways of Making You Talk. Sign up to our Patreon to receive bonus content, live streams and our weekly newsletter with money off books and museum visits as well. Plus early access to all live show tickets. That's patreon.com slash we have ways. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Achtung, achtung. Welcome, Thursday listeners, to We Have Ways of Making You Talk. Um, we are still um, at Tobin's uh, farm. Um, in the background, you may hear some mooing, some sheep. That's because they're getting ready to surrender, because James, Holland and I have taken control of a Sherman tank. It's not just any old Sherman tank either. This on, is, talk this us through. Is, well, this is, this is the, the Sherman tank that... that was um, restored by Adrian Barrell and actually Adrian was at the Chalk Valley History Festival uh, a year or so ago and, and we did do a, um, a a small podcast from the from the turret in here but mm. uh, this is an amazing tank Al because this is probably the most original and um, complete Sherman tank you'll ever get inside. Right and uh, we are well I'm in the commander's hatch you're in the gunner's I'm in the loader's hatch loader's yeah. hatch now yeah. Now, um, well, you don't have a hatch. That's the first thing that strikes me. Not hatch. I'm in, my, I'm in the loader's seat. You're in his position. So um, let's say uh, this tank gets brewed up. Yeah. I get out dead quick. If you're lucky. If I'm lucky. Well, if I'm lucky, I get out dead quick. If I haven't been But if you do get out, you'll still, still, still be machine gunned to death. I know, but, but, but the point is, is you, you, you're not going anywhere quickly, are you, if you're <laughs> there? I mean, anyway, so... Uh, the last. Time. Well, do you remember? Do you remember Stan Perry? Yeah. Uh, and he was saying that every so often, while they were while they were operational, he was suddenly go, go, right, right, everyone, everyone out, yeah, stop, yeah, yeah. get out, yeah, yeah. and they practiced that drill over and over and over again because of the difficulties of getting out of these things. I mean, the truth of the matter is, whether you're in a Panther, whether you're in a T thirty, yeah, whatever, whether you're in a Sherman, whether you're in a Cromwell, these are absolutely awful to get out of. Mm. I mean, you just got to hope you don't get hit, or if yeah. you do get hit, you have got to hope it's a glancing blow and nothing more because. You know, these are absolutely hellish. And one of the things that strikes me when I'm standing here in this turret is we are just surrounded by ammo. So there's a whole load yes. of 75 millimeter shells on the floor. Yes. Underneath the, by the feet of the gunner, there's a whole load of stacks which are empty, but, yep. but like a wine rack for, for more shells. The shells all around the edge yep. of, the, of, of the turret. There's a whole load more which are standing down to the uh, driver's compartment. We've then got a whole... There's 22 magazines of 22 uh, magazines. machine gun ammunition. There's yep. boxes of hand grenades. There's boxes of um, of uh, 30 caliber machine gun bullets as well. You know, the truth of the matter is, is if if a shell penetrates this... It sets fire to anyone. Well, what, what happens is, you know, you're, you say you're hit by a 75 millimeter round. That 75 doesn't necessarily punch a whole 75 millimeter hole. No. It might only penetrate as much as like a penny. Yeah, in size. But what will then happen is you'll have it. So you'll be able to see daylight up to, you know, say the size of a penny, like half an yeah. inch or whatever. Um, but you will also get a glob of metal, yes, red hot fragments, a glob of metal, probably the size of the impact. So that would be 75 millimeter yeah. will then just go 
whoosh, three straight in, out. So three inches. So is, say, yeah. say it hits just to the left of my head. That will come out. The glob will then hit the guard around the um, around the, the seventy five millimeter breach. gun in here yeah. in the yeah the breech in the in the turret. But in addition to that, lots of spalling will just go all yeah. over the place, yeah. white hot. And obviously, if that hits one of these shells, yeah. and you add that to the kinetic energy which is being created from the force of that impact, yeah, yeah. this just goes whoosh, yeah. and that is why something as heavy as this can go kind of 20, 30 feet into the air, yeah, 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 and you're all brown bread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's horrific. But now, so so surveying the turret, um, uh, I'm in the uh, so the commander here. Uh, one of the things I you've got a seat behind you. I've got a seat behind me, and I can stand on that as well. And uh, yes, in fact, I've two I've two seats. So yep. there's one higher up and one lower down. Um, uh, there's a the feel thing I'm feeling by just poking my head out of here is how exposed you feel. You feel a little bit vulnerable. And just with just with my head out, just with my just 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 yeah. my head out. You feel exposed, you yeah. feel vulnerable, you feel very, very visible, which of course is the thing that they all talk about. But if you if you drive around with the lid down, you can't see properly. And you if can't. you drive around if you drive around with the thing open, you're gonna get shot in the head. So I mean it's, like, it's slightly lose lose, isn't it? It's ever so slightly lose lose. But to describe it for you, um, uh, listeners, it's painted white principally. Um, the, the sort of uh, at the inside of the turret is painted white and then um, here at the commander's position, there are this thing for binoculars. There's signal cartridges. There's um, and then there's the uh, periscopes on the hatch, and um, and the cupola spins round so you can you can look all around. Mm -hmm. Then oh, just starting up the armoured car behind us. Um, there's a switch here, isn't there, James? Which is yeah. Which so I, I, I think this is this is one of the things that that's unique to the Sherman. So just by your by your nose, if you, as you're looking forward, underneath the, your hatch, just in front of it, above the gunner's head, there is a little black box, and on it is a little switch. And this is an override switch for yeah. the turret, for rotating the turret. So as the commander, you can rotate the turret to wherever you so want. So normally you would expect the, the, the gunner down below, you can see he's got his two wheels, he's got his yeah. elevator, yeah. And, and, and he's got his turret rotating wheel. That's how you control that. But suddenly you're in. You're the commander. You you've got your head poked out, and you can suddenly see something moving, and you want to move quick, so you can just push that switch to the and left, override. and it'll override. I mean, it's a brilliant, brilliant thing. And then if you look to the left of the breech block here, you can see this what looks like a sort of suspension arm. Yeah, that's the gun stabilizing gyro, which yeah. again is unique to the Sherman tank. And yeah. what that means is, you can operate this gun far more accurately on, on the a move, move yeah, than yeah. any other tank. Well, I remember Ken Tout talking about that a very, very long time ago. He said, you know, that, that when they got the Sherman, they were blown away by that as a as a piece of kit. And it meant they could they could fire on the move and they could fire pretty accurately. And certainly accurately enough to, um, you know, cause the other side distress. Yes. Uh, 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 and keep, keep people's heads down. With this, with 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 this, this, this is a seventy-five millimeter gun. Well, there's that great description in in Ken's book, Ken Tout's book, where he describes how they they do destroy those those three tigers, hmm. uh, of one of which, of course, is Michael Vittman yeah. in that action, um, uh, just south of Caen, and in early, oh, I think it's August the seventh, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and um, nineteen forty-four, and what they do is when as soon as they see the tigers, they just pummel them with seventy-five millimeter. Yeah 
rounds because they can fire so much more quickly than any other yeah. uh, any other tank. Yeah, yeah. Just one after the other. Yeah. Um, and what that does is that makes the the Tiger crew put their hatches down, and yeah. then, and then they, they are effectively and then blind. they can't see. And then your seventeen pounder gunner, your Joe Eakins or yeah. whoever it is, can then take his time to aim properly and send that one yeah. killing shot. Of course, in the in the Firefly, which is the which is the tank we're talking about there, the the loader has a hatch. They put a hatch yes. in um, because the breach in the 17 powder is that much bigger, and the gun gear in the turret is that much bigger. And here's the radio behind the breach here. Yeah. In the in the in the Firefly, they cut a hole in the back wall here, put it in the box that's behind us, and move it all backwards to make room for the extra breach. Because yep. there is a 17 pounder lying around it. We're going to look at that. Probably another podcast. There is a seventeen pounder Firefly seventeen pounder lying around here somewhere, which we'll talk about later. Um, I mean, it compared to the T thirty four we were in uh, a few weeks ago, um, in our first escape from lockdown extravaganza. Um, this is a tidier build, isn't it? You can feel the. Yep. the, the I mean, the, the outside is still like a rough a roughish casting, but it's nothing like as imperfect as the. T-34, is it? No, and it's a lot more roomy. I mean, yeah. you know, let's face it, it's not roomy at all, but it's a lot more roomy than yeah. the T-34. Yeah. The other thing I think is interesting is here, you've got the loader. The loader is on the left-hand side of the breech, which for, considering most people are right-handed, that makes more sense for the loading, yeah. which, of course, is not the case in the, in the on pan the Panther or the yeah. Ag Panther, where you're loading from the right, which makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. Um, and I still can't get my head around that. Yeah. I mean, I, it is, I think, that what is interesting about... But when, when you're considering tanks, you know, everyone just looks at armour and they look at gun. Uh, and the point about the Sherman tank is there is so many more facets to it that that make that whole argument more nuanced. I know we keep going on and using this word nuance, nuance, nuance the whole time. But it is really important when one is considering tanks and what they can do and, and what they're offering. And, and what this lacks in gun and what it lacks in armour, it gains in many other ways, such as mechanical reliability, sturdiness, simpleness for something so complex, the kind of the gun stabilising gyro, the override switch. There's lots of things which are just really, really good and, and helpful attributes to it when you're in a kind of combat situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the, the, the other interesting thing, or the thing I noticed when we first got in here, is that the turret is enclosed. So we're in an enclosed fighting compartment here, aren't we? So that mm. there's a sort of grill between us and where the, the driver and the um, radio operator machine gun on the right-hand side of the tank yep. would, would be sitting, um, which wasn't the case in the T-34. The T-34 was one, one open sort yep. of... Uh, compartment, but that's it's like a sort of basket, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's like you're it's like you're in a rotating basket, um, right? I mean, I think you know we could talk, talk, talk about this, but I think we want to hear it going, don't we, James? I think we do. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's start it up. Pretty loud, though, isn't it? It's quite loud. Not as loud as a T-34. Well, not yet. But it's sort of beast-like, isn't it? Yes, it's got a, 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 like a bear-like growl, isn't it? So how much air gets sucked through? Well, yes, because we're in. We're, the engine's behind us, and there are radiators that, that draw the engine through the through the tank. I mean, it's still going to get really hot in here if you had the hatches down and the engines running. Well, the weird thing about operating this, particularly if you're at the front and you've got your head out, is you're boiling down below, but your head yeah, can yeah. be absolutely yeah, freezing yeah, yeah, numb. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a very odd sensation. Yeah. 
But there's a sort of pulse to it, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. A sort of throm that's just kind yeah. of goes through your... I, I mean, I can feel it kind of sort of pulsating through my entire body. Yep. And, and it's sort of pounding your ears, isn't it, in your yeah. head? Well, yeah. And then you've got you've got your internal comms on and the, and the external net. And, so. of course, those inter- that... that those headphones and that net, external and internal net, that's that's going to further kind of um, make you kind of feel you're apart from the real world, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Goodness me, amazing. Well, bit of throttle. I remember talking to Jim Clark when I was in. Um, when we were doing that 30 core run last yeah. September, he was he reckoned about 160, 180 miles right. full tank. The problem, the big problem is, is that you do need to stop every 10 miles or so, 10, 15 miles. It just can't run and run and run and run forever. Yeah. They, you know, they start to overheat, things go wrong. Yeah. They just need to just calm down, settle down. You know, so it's not, it's not a sort of. You can understand why. Yeah, war is a slow business, even if you're mechanized. Yeah, it takes time. Oh god, that pulsating! Yeah, kind of yeah, 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 yeah. Amazing. We need to take a short break now. I'll see you in a tick. I'm Anthony Scaramucci, former White House Director of Communications and Wall Street financier. And I'm Katty Kay, US Special Correspondent for BBC Studios. I've been covering American politics for almost three decades. Welcome to The Rest is Politics US, brought to you by Goalhanger. Go on, tell us, were those donations you made, like Obama in 2008, was that idealism? Were you hoping to get something out of these campaigns that would serve your own business interests, for example? So I think this will either make this podcast incredibly successful, Caddy, <laughs> or people will be horrified and they'll shut it off right now because I'm going to be very real with you. The Obama donation, I had gone to law school with President Obama. We were not classmates. I was a few years ahead of him. It was 2007. He was then Senator Obama. I had a check in my breast pocket. I went over to the senator. I said, Senator, I said, you and I didn't really know each other in law school, but I'm about to hand you a big check. Can I lie to my friends and tell them that you and I knew each other in law school? (laughs) Well, Obama looks at me, had the best smile in American politics since Jack Kennedy. Forever. Yeah. He lights up. He looks at me and says, I'll tell you what, if you double the amount of the check, we'll take it back to Hawaii. Okay. And I looked at him. I said, you're done. I had another check in my pocket. I ripped it up. I doubled the amount of the check. And I'm going to tell you right now, I've been to more White House Christmas parties during the Obama administration than the Trump administration. In this pivotal year for the United States, democracy and world affairs, Britain's biggest podcast, The Rest is Politics, is launching stateside. Uncovering secrets from inside the Biden and Trump inner circles and how they shape the world's most important economy, but also the global economy too. New episodes are released every Friday morning. Just search The Rest is Politics US wherever you get your podcasts. Makes the Sherman sound, makes the Sherman sound like a part-time tank. Does a bit, doesn't it? Well, it's a Cromwell. 
It's a Cromwell Listen fired to up. That. So it's a Merlin engine in essence. Oh, and it's starting to move out. It's starting to move. Look at that. It's a thing of wonder. It really is. Look at that. That's something else, isn't it? Yeah. Do you think Jerry can hear us coming? I think Jerry can hear you coming. That's the idea though, isn't it? As long as, he, as, long as he doesn't drive it back over my Mini. I mean, it does look awesome and low slung and menacing, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, it does, yeah. And it is that much lower than that Sherman. Yeah, much. Okay, um, that subtle noise you can hear in the background, it's not cows mooing like earlier in this podcast. <laughs> That's the sound of the Cromwell that has been started up. It's sort of two-thirds finished, I think it's fair to say, this Cromwell. The turret rotates, but not under its own motion. And uh, But that is the, the engine is running. And what a sound, eh, James? Absolutely amazing, yeah. I mean, you know, Jerry's going to hear you coming on that one. He but what is. was amazing is we've just watched Tom hand rotate the turret. Yeah, he just swung it, didn't he? Absolutely um, incredible. I mean, what I'm struck by is how low slung this is. Just, you know, you have to really climb up a Sherman to get onto the to get up onto the turret here. This is, um, you know, the 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 I don't know. The top, the, the, the top fender is like chest height on me rather yep. than rather than that much higher. Yeah, so yeah. you do get the feeling it's got a lower profile. But also for all its sort of bolts and slight feel and Meccano on a giant scale, it looks like a proper tank, doesn't it? Oh, it, yeah, looks, yeah, yeah, yeah. it looks meaty and mean yeah, and yeah, powerful yeah, yeah. and you know, and you, know that, you wouldn't want to come up against it, would you? Well, and the Christie suspension, people go on about the Christie suspension on the T-34. There it is on a British tank. Yeah. And it, I am really struck though by um, the bloody noise of that meteor, the, the, the sound of the, which is of course, as we were saying the other day, the, 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 Merlin, of the Merlin, the yeah, bastard offspring of the Merlin. Somehow though, the Merlin and the Spitfire is an incredibly sort of sweet and beautiful sound. Yeah, it's because you're not standing next to it. No, That's because it's, it's soaring overhead! No, it's not. It's not. Even when you're standing by a static Spitfire with the engine rolling up, waiting to taxi, it still sounds good. This just sounds throaty and, and rough and guttural. And nas nasty. 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 <laughs> I mean, it, I, I think it... What a treat, though. Amazing. I've, I've not... I, I don't think I've seen a running Cromwell before. I've certainly not stood this close to one. Well, listen, you know, we're biased. We're yeah. biased about Cromwell's, but yeah. uh, you know, I think this is in the flesh. It's more impressive yeah. than it is in a in a museum Imperial, in a display, uh, yes, yeah. or on a, a kind of little bit of Oji Poulsen's footage that he's tweeted. Yeah. Much as I like his footage tweets, listen to that. Should we just enjoy that for a moment? Yeah. Yeah, you can smell it all right. Oh, stink, yeah, the, the fuel is pungent. I mean, it's a... It's We're not a, saving the planet here, that's for sure. No, no. A, well, no, we are saving the planet from the bad guys. <laughs> from Jerry. <laughs> from Jerry. Um, I mean, it is interesting how how different this engine sounds to the Sherman. God, there we go. Oh, we can stop shouting now. Oh, what a relief. What? <laughs> 
Um, what a what a treat! An unholy racket. Yeah, amazing. Uh, incredible. <laughs> there we go, 50 pounds worth of petrol. We owe you big time. Yeah. Well, okay, well. So, listen, let, we, we, should, we should say farewell to Cromwell and move over to the Comet. Yeah, let's go and look at, talk about the Comet. Right, so um, after the roar of the Cromwell there, and I have to say that was... I mean, you were really enjoying the sound of the Sherman, James, but that was the real thing right in your face. Oh, there, my that. God, that was amazing, wasn't it? It Incredible. was properly loud and scary Incredible. And so, so one day we will hear this tank... In, in action. What, what have we got here, Toby? That's right. This is a Comet tank. This is a Mark II. Um, there's really no big differences between the Mark I and the Mark II other than the fishtail exhaust pipes. Um, and it goes back to post-war um, Britain, where, again, we were trying to raise some money. So we came up with the improved Comet by <laughs> literally rerouting the exhaust pipe out to two fishtails, and that was it, and called it a Mark II. So, so we could sell it to the Finns or whoever? So we would sell it to anyone if they right. had the money. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's uh, in many ways similar to the Cromwell, and certainly a member of the Cromwell family. You can tell that straight off as soon as you look at it. Got a much larger turret. Um, the turret's holding uh, a 17-pounder gun, but not the 17-pounder anti-tank gun, a thing called the 77 Short, Yeah. Um, which, again, it's a very powerful gun. It's shorter than the anti-tank gun, um, but it... But it's high velocity, is it? Very high velocity, and again, like the 17-pounder anti-tank, could take on anything that the Germans could throw at us at that at, But stage. also can fire a heat round for... Um, uh, infantry support. So, yeah, you, so it's a dual-purpose gun. That's right. Yeah, it, it fired all the varieties of ammunition, yeah. um, particularly after the war, um, when they'd had time to develop them and get them out there. And what about armour, Tobin? I mean, is is that substantially improved? Thickened? Uh, no, uh, it's much the same as the Cromwell. Um, the the turret is the biggest improvement in that you've no longer got that slab-sided um, job. You've got a mix of cast and rolled armour, which has been um, welded, and you can see there with the silver. Um, uh, uh, weld marks um, the other thing with the turret is that instead of having the old um, hydraulic uh, traverse you've now got a, an, a, a what is actually a very advanced electronic traverse where the motor is uh, acts as a lock as well as actually traversing the turret right. so when you turn the handle it turns when you stop turning it the motor locks itself solid electrically and so it can't be knocked off off oh, right. um, wow. direction Gosh, so the, so so what we're really looking at here is the sort of summation of British tank development. I mean, just before the Centurion. So during the war, yeah, this, during this the war, yeah, wartime. this is a wartime tank. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. 11th Armoured are, re, are, are, are refitted with these in January or something, or December 1944, 1945. Very tail end of 44. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, But they didn't get into action until I think it was February, possibly yeah. even March. By which, 45. by which time there are no, there aren't that many tigers around for the 17 pounder. No. Short 17 to deal with. So. But even so, it's a heck of a thing, isn't no, it? And incredible. if you think about, you know, we've been looking at that Cavalier, then we've looked at the Centaur and, and, and the Cromwell, and now this, you you can see that evolution that you were talking yeah. about earlier on, well, in the last episode. And it's, I mean, it in is two, a big what, proper three tank. years. Yeah, three I mean, years. That's, that's, that's some and going. You consider, you consider that they're, in 1940, they're fielding Matilda 1s and Matilda 2s. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, and I know, obviously, the Germans are fielding Panzer 1s, Panzer 2s, Panzer 3s in 1940. And by the end of the war, you are, you're looking at, you know, you're looking at Panthers with, with uh, infrared sights on and stuff. But, the, but the, they started earlier. Much earlier. Um, um, and so the, the British are running to catch up, but I think it's fair to say that they do. 
Yeah. The other thing is, you know, you look at this, this is absolutely comparable to a kind of sort of pamper and tiger, isn't it, in terms of kind of bulk and space it's taking up. Yeah, yeah. It's also, that kind of scale. Well, yeah. what this has got, which those German tanks didn't have, was manoeuvrability. When you drive one of these, they are incredibly manoeuvrable. You know, you select which gear you want to be in, you um, put your foot down, let the clutch out, and away it goes. And it's, it, in my opinion, it's a far better driving vehicle than even a Sherman. And particularly, as I say, those very heavy German tanks where you had to be so careful of the transmission, and they were grossly underpowered. These mm. weren't. These yeah. had plenty of power for the weight and this is a meteor again so like that like a the meteor car. again yeah so where will you find your engine to put in this tank in that shed over there <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've got about six or seven of them um and uh, six or seven yeah, meteors. and the engine for this has already been test run we'll, we'll show you the video sometime but uh on the bench test run and uh, so it does everything it's supposed well to i hope do. we can come back when it's actually um fully up and running um thank you so much for having us um uh what a thing, eh, James? Oh, amazing, yeah. Really, really good. It's exciting, isn't it? Seeing it, you know, you can't beat getting up close and personal, can you? Absolutely. Cheerio. Cheerio. Cheerio.